Um, but I do say that I, I am a professional actor because in, in uh, a lot of the work that I do, is, I'm interested to see how acting or professional, the professional arts, professional musicians, um, professional dancers, how the training and the skills that take many years to, to embody can uh, cross over into the, uh, mainly because the arts are obviously about the community, about community gathering, about community building, and how they can um, subconsciously, just by by the fact that they gather all sectors of society together in one space, um, they can subconsciously or through conscious intervention contribute to peace building. I've just come back from Zimbabwe uh, on two days ago. I was performing at the Harare International Festival of the Arts, and I was randomly performing in a version of Jean Genet's The Maids, um, which went down strangely very well in Zimbabwe, which is a country where there is uh, a very uh, clear, distinct line uh, in terms of economic privilege between those who have and have not. Um, but there has been a lot of debate over the 15 years that the Harare International Festival of the Arts, Haifa, has been going on as to whether, uh, in the same way that South Africa uh, suffered through uh, a cultural boycott, whether given the political situation in Zimbabwe, whether festivals like this should, should have the same. And as, a, as an artist and in solidarity with the artists in Zimbabwe, I've always argued against that, mainly because we um, live a very isolated, we have lived a very isolated uh, past 15 years in Zimbabwe. And I was very interested in the talk yesterday from Mary Holder talking about the new wars and the fact that the, the, the new forms are about identity politics and in places like Zimbabwe, it's a very cold conflict. Every now and then it sparks into, as in 2008, post the elections, into violence. Um, but it's a very strange environment because uh, the lack of water in the city, um, the lack of electricity, the lack of infrastructure. When you're in Harare or in Zimbabwe, there, there can actually be a sense that there is a siege going on. Uh, and you can almost feel as if we are in, in war times as far as um, the breakdown is concerned of basic infrastructure and the extreme poverty of people not being able to, to um, feed themselves. But it's a strangely invisible war. In many ways it's a cold war and in many ways it's a cultural war. It's a war about who we are as Africans and, and the line of the ruling party is about indigenous, our indigenous culture, our indigenous identity. And our, our, our identity as a nation is based on a war which happened from 1965 to, to 1980 in, uh, in which my, my parents were a part. Uh, and very much our identity has to do with that patriotic history. Um, and that is obviously shared for a sector of society who are involved with the military struggle, but for the wider part of civil society, finding new identities and having ways of expressing that uh, is, is crucially important. And um, also being a, a, a community that has a huge diaspora and is part of a, a global world. So I've always supported the festival and that it should happen. And wonderfully, in those spaces, um, whether it's watching a dance performance or whether um, it, it, it's the party that happens, that there's, when people come out in our society, um, we really begin to see who we are beyond the propaganda that we read about in the newspapers, which is very divisive. Uh, and it's quite surprising to see um, 
the ordinary theatre of life, which is that there are multiracial couples in Zimbabwe, there is a gay community in Zimbabwe, uh, there are foreign, foreigners who integrate with Zimbabweans, the, the whole plethora of, of who we are, we see when we gather. Um, and in other times, we have been very secretive. Um, there's a huge fear of being overheard, of being reported to the police, of being unable to say things in public. Uh, and the, p p the political experience of going to the theatre and having um, truth being spoken to power, having plays that are about the economic situation or the political situation happen, and the shock in the audience that actually, during this mad upside-down reek of culture, people can actually get on a platform and say these things, um, I, I think gives us courage. Um, and, and so that's a, a professional festival. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, a marketed as a, or sold as a social intervention, um, but for having been watching it over the past four years, uh, I can really see how important it has been to us because it's helped us to maintain our very varied and diverse identities. I'm going to talk a little bit about a project that I work on in Kenya, which is much more structured. Um, it was developed as uh, an intervention in HIV in Kenya. And in, in fact, in Zimbabwe, we did in 2009, there was a play that went round uh, on tour, which was about reconciliation and the feedback. Ram and I were talking about this the other day, about the fact that why um, art works as an intervention is because it opens, it obviously it opens the heart, it opens memory, uh, and often can therefore cause a level of trauma that needs to be contained some sort of way, and really needs to be, when, when it is a, a full-on intervention, needs to be supported by follow-up strategies. So there's some um, organization that I work with in Kenya, I'll tell you a little story about them, I'll be quite short. Um, it started off as an intervention trying to promote health education and promote the health services that were available in Mombasa. Um, and so started out with uh, putting on a play, and the point of the play was the play it had to be funny, it had to make the audience laugh, it had to make the audience cry. And the, in all of the plays, the protagonist had to be HIV positive, and the challenge was that they had to be HIV positive, and the audience had to grow to love them. <laughs> Which at that time, it started off in 2002, uh, it was a very taboo subject, it wasn't something that was spoken about in public and there was a lot of misinformation about how you can and can't um, catch HIV from hugging or from, from sharing utensils, etc. Um, so I've got a few images of some of the gathering, young people, but basically it's street theatre, but we gather a crowd of 400 to some of the Nairobi slums, um, 2,000 people, um, and then developed follow-up strategies which include one-on-one counselling for HIV, um, uh, all, all of the actors, and they're all professional actors first, and the idea being that um, there's nothing better than seeing a good, a good play or a good piece of art can move you, but actually there's nothing worse than seeing a bad piece of theatre, there's nothing more, more cringeworthy, and I don't think the lesson is necessarily um, embedded if, if you're seeing a bad, a, a bad piece of work, uh, and I think there is something that professional artists can offer to the development sector with their skills. Um, but the are all trained uh, education counsellors and HIV counsellors going into small professions for women, young people, 
and we get the medical services to, to come on stage with us and, and share information. From this came an invitation um, from a group of five who um, met uh, our executive director and invited him to come to their community, which is in the Loiter Hills, in a very remote area in Kenya, and to, to start the intervention there. And it's a very isolated community, um, doesn't have much contact with the outside world, and it's a very harsh drive, about a three-hour drive to get there um, uh, on rough terrain. But we were invited to do work on HIV there, and after being there for about a year, this group of women said to us, can you start an intervention on FGM, female genital mutilation, or, or female circumcision, as they call it. And at that time, I think 99.9% .9 of girls were being cut, um, had been cut. And what we were doing on HIV was adapting traditional Maasai stories and traditional Maasai poems and songs um, that have been told. And they're very lyrical, very musical, very poetic culture. Um, but adjusting them, adapting them to incorporate messages about um, HIV and what it means to be a warrior, what it means to protect yourself, but using the traditional um, <coughs> songs. And the girls asked us to um, do an, an intervention on, on, on female circumcision, which of course is very difficult for us because everyone who started the group and works with the group, we're all professional actors to start out with and understood the power of, of theater to move people and open people's hearts, but weren't experts in, in FGM. So we had to get the intelligence on board with us and find the perfect people to work with us and start a sensitization exercise with the community. And we were told at that time, which was 2006, that it would take a whole generation, which is a 20-year um, a, a, a cycle. It would take 20 years before we would be able to openly talk about female circumcision in public, which sort of was counter to our, our whole philosophy, which was about breaking the silence and talking about the taboos and having everyone be in the same place at the same time and laugh about things um, and then have a discussion about it. But obviously, um, we had to uh, follow sensitively the community rules, which we did, but continued with our work on HIV, which was accepted because that was obviously for the community's health. Uh, and I really, the, the, the arts are really the flagship that we are known as Safe Ma, that it's the group of Maasai warriors, and they are actually quite respected warriors uh, and also women um, who are the performers, who are the singers. You must come see the show. And um, our executive director is, is very much a showman first. So it's all about the, the presentation, the quality of the work must be good. Everyone has to be, uh, the presentation skills are excellent. Um, and that they're a great performance troupe. But as well as that, they come and do one-to-one -one conversations with you in your house and small group discussions, slowly sensitizing about the issue, um, uh, you know, having female circumcision under the cover of HIV. Uh, I had the good fortune of going to Kenya in 2008 for the Alora Han Festival, which is the uh, ritual ceremony where the junior elders become the senior elders in the Maasai community. And many of our men in the group um, were becoming senior elders, which is wonderful because they're becoming the decision makers in the group. And it was quite astounding for me during this um, uh, event that first we were honored as in the outsiders. There were about three of us who were on the visit. We were honored and all the women were honored. And this, they told us the safe of the people we work with. But this had never happened before. Foreigners had never been respected before in this community. And women, had never been honoured before in this ceremony, ever. Um, 
and I wonderfully asked Sarah Tanoi, who is this uh, second woman there, who's the program manager, um, uh, what, what she felt about that. And she said they, they'll be singing songs about this day for generations to come because, mm -hmm. of course, the, the history is told through song. But at that festival, the actual elders said, you know, this is safe, Ma, they've been talking to you about HIV, but now they're going to stop talking to you about female circumcision. And within two years, they had allowed us to start our intervention. Um, and since then, we have been touring with plays and with songs and with theatre about female circumcision, as well as doing a schools programme and uh, continuing doing small group discussions that follow that, and have come up with an alternate rite of passage, which it doesn't involve cutting at all. It involves pouring of milk, and it doesn't involve a knife. Um, and we're six years on, and about a year ago, um, the women were recording that um, one, out of, one out of five of girls who were being cut were going through the alternate rite of passage. But more recently this year, they're recording, and it is anecdotal, it isn't medically researched, because it's quite difficult um, to, uh, to... We, we have been working with the women who circumcise, but it's not, it's not uh, it's anecdotal as opposed to uh, an actual research study. But anecdotally, we need three... We want to build... Okay, I will do. Um, three out of five of uh, the women are now not being... Um, are going through an alternate rite of passage. Uh, and there's actually, we've magically been able to be part of a, a tipping point, which I think was already developing in the community, but the thing that has heralded it has been the song and the performance, and that it is in local language and in local style. So it's been very encouraging. Chipe, thank you. That's a wonderful concept.